The Comic Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop culture surrounding comic books with your host, Uncanny Thomas Logue, and Astonishing Amy Logue. All right, so we are here at Free Comic Book Day 2017 at Southern California Comics. And since Michael is not here, I have substituted him with my wonderful wife, Amy Logue. Amy, how are you today? I'm doing well. It's cold. It's cold today. <laughs> she is currently wearing my Star-Lord jacket and uh, still cold, even though she looks super hot. So we just got through on Thursday seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, which you may be able to hear in the background. Guardians of the Galaxy t- two. Volume 2. Hashtag, obviously. <laughs> what were your thoughts? I really liked it. I don't feel like it was probably as good as the first one because the first one was such a sleeper. You know, like you didn't really think that it would be so good. Um, but I really do like it a lot. Plus, I like Groot. And there is a lot a lot of Baby Groot. Uh, and we should say, potentially, there will be spoilers in this podcast if we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And if you've not seen it yet, you should go see it. Yeah, so um, there is. It starts out right in the beginning with a lot of Baby Groot <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Uh, for me, it was an overabundance of Baby Groot in the intro because in the intro, it starts with Baby Groot walking around, doing a little dance. And in the background, you can see the rest of the Guardians are fighting this space alien battery-devouring monster. But we don't really get to see him fight. It's like Baby Groot, a little bit of them fighting. Baby Groot, a little bit of them fighting. Baby Groot. I don't know. I thought it was really cute, but I didn't really... Watching the fight wasn't that big of a deal for me, so... But there was, like, action happening in the background, and we just watched Baby Groot dance in a circle and eat... Maybe it didn't capture my imagination very much. Clearly. Bugs. And they get yelled at by Rocket. I know. He's cute. This movie should have literally been called Groot and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, for sure. They really did realize what a... um, character they have in Groot and they really did push him to the front which I can understand if you were a purist you would be a little annoyed well it's not even that it's just it was so much Groot it's like if they do an X-Men movie and then they just focus on Wolverine and then the X-Men are in the background it's annoying but you don't like that either no that's what I'm saying it's annoying you're not a big Wolverine fan I do like Wolverine except for when they overdo him when they overdo him I don't like Wolverine I don't like the Wolverine movies no that's different. Well, there were actually other characters that I enjoyed in this movie besides Baby Groot. I think... Like? I think... Um, I really like Drax. So in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I don't think that Drax got to shine. Like, he was there and, like, he went to go fight uh, Ronan and basically got his kicked. So I felt like Drax got punked a lot in the first movie. But in the second movie, other than Groot, I think Drax shines the most. Yeah, I definitely feel like he's come into his own as a character there and he's hilarious and so dry and sarcastic without wanting to be sarcastic. But I do believe this movie did kind of give each character its own moment to shine a little bit. Gamora had stuff with Nebula and obviously Peter had stuff with Spoiler alert, his father. Um, well, they, they already spoiled that in the stupid trailer. Yeah. Um, Hashtag angry. And then um, Rocket had moments with, oh my God, I forgot his name off the top of my head. Yondu. Yondu, yeah. So, I mean, I, f- I definitely feel like they did take time to, you know, give each character their own storyline instead of them as a collective group. Speaking of Rocket, my problem with Rocket is in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he was pretty much portrayed an through the whole movie. But in the first movie, if you see him, he's actually smart, he's funny, he's intelligent, he does a bunch of cool stuff. But in Guardians 2, he's pretty much just an 
through the whole movie except for near the end with Yondu. Like his sarcasm and stuff didn't come off cute and funny like the first one. Like 10%, that's not a plan. You know, and that all that's, and that, that's yeah, a real yeah, definitely. laugh. There was De- none of that. He definitely did come off a little bit like an a-hole in this movie, you know? Come on, you a-holes. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole movie. Yeah, I enjoyed the whole movie as a whole. There were just a lot of quirks that bugged me. And it's not that it was different from the comic or anything like that. I just thought it was weird for what, I guess, what I was expecting for Guardians of the Galaxy. Having seen the first one, for example, spoiler alert, when Peter Are you Quill, spoiling the first movie? No, the second movie. Oh, okay. I'm saying the first movie was very, it was very human. The first movie was very human. A lot of heart. The second movie, I don't think it had a lot of heart. The heart doesn't come in until the very end when Yondu's like, no, I need to do this. That's suddenly when the heart, like in the first movie, they get you right from the hook with Peter's mom. In this one, I had a hard time feeling compassionate towards anyone except for Drax. Uh, Drax and Mantis because the the combination of Drax and Mantis was incredible. You're beautiful on on the the inside. inside. (laughs) (laughs) And then I like the thing about where he doesn't wear the jacket. I have sensitive nipples. <laughs> if I had a qualm about this movie, I don't quite care. Not enough, baby Groot. No. I don't quite care for the villains. Oh, for Ego? And no, no, no. Ego's fine. I get it. I mean, Ego. He has an Ego. But I mean, um, no, the... Nebula? No, I like Nebula. No, the... Ravagers? The Golden Girls. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really care for them very much. I don't think you're supposed to because they're completely emotionless, I guess, if that's a word. But they're not because when they were chasing and they were behind each other, there's one left. Like, there was a lot of emotion about wanting them to, you know, kill the Guardians. Because they said in the beginning... Never slight them or else they'll kill, try to kill you. Yeah. That's that's the uh, price of slighting them. So I understood that. It's just everything was ego to them. That's what was odd. Like they come off initially as having no emotion. But when they do the... They have a lot of emotion. Yeah. Like when they do the arcade, like, it's the best way to describe it. It's the arcade sequence when they're in the little machines and shooting at the uh, Guardians. They do a lot of like one-liners that I thought, this is again the movie trying too hard to be funny. Like they shouldn't have done like... Ugh. How typical, like when the guy blows up, whatever. I just thought that was, that contradicted what you've already seen of these standoffish golden people that I can't remember the names of. There was no reason to hate them or really like them. They were just kind of there to be the bad people. With the feeling of the fact that you're going to see them again, obviously. So Yeah. And I thought the the part with Sylvester Stallone and his crew of Ravagers suddenly finding Yondu at the bar and saying, yeah, you've been exiled, seemed like out of nowhere to me. Like, there was no setup to that. They just found them, and that was it. Like, I wish they would have shown, like, Sylvester Sloan and his crew earlier in the movie saying, hey, you know, we've got, like, a, a, a beacon on Yondu. Let's go find him. Or something, because he just... But I don't think they really wanted to kill Yondu. I think they... I mean, I don't think they cared for Yondu. I think they were at a Ravager bar, and they bumped into him, and basically you found out the backstory about how Yondu was running children for Ego, and then he figured out what Ego was doing, so he kept Peter Quill. But that's why Sylvester Stallone's character was mad at him, because he said, we don't deal in children. But I kind of So it wasn't like, like they really wanted anything to do with Yondu. Yeah, I just felt like it was rushed, though, because, like, oh, we bumped into you at the bar, and we're the other Ravager organization. You know what I mean? Because if you watch Guardians of the Galaxy 1, it seems like the Ravagers are like a single organization, right? Yondu is part of their captain or whatever. Like they have different teams. Yeah, they have different factions. Well, I mean, probably that was all set up for the fact of the end. Right. I'm just saying I wish there was a warm-up to that rather than just a coincidence we ran into you in the bar. And by the way, you're not a Ravager. You've been kicked out. So what's your opinion? Do you think that all of them are going to show up for Infinity? Yes. 
I think all of them will show up with Infinity because, spoiler alert, we've already said it, at the end of Guardians 2, we do see a little thing that says Guardians Galaxy will be back. So we know there's going to be a third one. What I hoped would happen in the second one is that Nebula and Gamora would bury their beef a little sooner and that Nebula would actually be a part of the Guardians. I think it's going to be really hard for Nebula to come around. I mean... Well, she's saved Gamora a few times now, so yeah, I think she, she has, has. It's, it's going to take. Yeah, she's going to take her a little while just to embrace it all, just because, for God's sake, she's half more than half mechanical because, yeah, because of, of Gamora. Gamora. <laughs> which was a cool backstory that you, that you find out in the movie. I um, really like Mantis. Mantis was awesome, and it was and I really like because of Drax. Yeah, I like Drax <laughs> and Mantis dynamic. together. I thought they were really they were really sweet and funny, and really two totally different characters come together. I do like how she seemed to be drawn to Drax. Like she wanted to tell Drax about ego, but as soon as Gamora came out, she <laughs> shut up about it. Like she didn't trust Gamora. <laughs> When she came to Drax when he was sleeping, and he thought that she wanted to get some, and he almost started puking. <laughs> oh, oh, what's wrong? Just thinking about laying, laying with you. Oh. Yeah, the Drax and Mantis duo was very, very incredible. So super spoiler alert. Well, not really spoiler alert. I just like to say it. But um, because of my job, I've already seen this movie before. Right. Outside of Baby Groot, it was, it's was been very hard for me to like hold on to tell you, like, I really like Drax. Because <laughs> <laughs> he never really came to the forefront originally in the first movie for me. I mean, he had funny right. parts or whatever like that. But I've known since February. And the whole time I've been like, you would say something. And I'd be like, oh, but I want to talk about Drax. <laughs> you know, or like when you saw the um, trailer and you're right. like, I don't believe they put an ego. Yeah. There and I'm like, but he's in the whole movie. Like, <laughs> well, I know he's was, in. I figured he'd but, be but in the whole movie. It was just kind of funny. I'm like, okay. I totally thought Ego was going to be the villain based on the trailers at first until they showed. Oh, I'm your dad. All right, so you're here at Free Comic Book Day. How's yeah. it going so far? It's really cool. Totally cool. What have you gotten? I see that I your got, dad there has a bag of some stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, um, we got the Tony Stark pot Pop. for hired for Homecoming. Nice. Um, Star-Lord. That's a cool one. Uh, That's actually a really cool yeah. one. Yeah. And um, Yakko from Animaniacs. Oh, very cool. Very and then I got uh, Raphael, the Ninja Turtle shirt. Nice. And nice. Fa I assume he's your favorite? Yes. <laughs> so what makes him your favorite out um, of all the four cool uh, turtles? Well, I have a turtle named Raphael. Cause, Good enough. Um, well, he can't. Yeah. He, my, our friends gave him to him, and his name was Raphael. Oh, and cool. I, I just I, I like him. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet? No, but we're planning to today. Very cool. Very cool. I think yeah. you're going to like it. Okay. Do you read any comics? Yeah. I read uh, Nova, Spider-Man, uh, Avengers. I read all, all different Avengers before okay. it ended. Oh, Darkwing Duck. I like all the Disney ones. Cool. That's very um, cool. I'm reading the 2014 Secret Wars. Oh, okay. How is Secret Wars? I'm actually not reading it. It's, it's, it's a lot of books, it's, but... It's good. Yeah. It's um, it's really interesting. Yeah, very cool. I like it a lot. Are you reading the current Nova book with uh, Sam and Rich? Yeah. I got to the part where he He's about to go look. Sam's about to go look for him in space. Okay. I haven't read it for a while. Just so you know, unfortunately, the current Nova book is coming to an end. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm bummed. Uh, I'm really bummed. Mm -hmm. But that'll give you money to buy another comic. What is your favorite comic that you enjoy reading? Of all the ones. Um, Choices. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I really liked the Guardians 2014 okay. run. I really like that one. Cool. I have all of those. 
So what is it about that book that sticks out the most? Is it the characters? It, the characters, it's funny, it's action, it's a good story. Very cool. Do you like the comic because you've seen the first movie? Like you can I actually kinda read it before it? I watched the first movie. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's really cool then. A lot of people don't know those Guardians of the Galaxy before well, the movie. Yeah, um, the movie came out, and then I got the comics, and I was reading them. I was like halfway through, then I watched the movie, then I finished That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Is there any TV shows that you watch that are superhero-related? Yeah, I watch The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Okay. Uh, Let Tomorrow, season two just ended. Yes, but I'm behind on that. I've got, I think, two more episodes. Mm -hmm. How are you liking those shows? I really like them. The Flash has been, this season wasn't what? my favorite. but I, The Flash is probably my, well. The Flash is my favorite show, yeah. but just this season hasn't been my favorite season. Kind of iffy on the season. Yeah. I still have like a few more on that, so mm -hmm. I still have to finish. Do they talk about who, um, what's his name, Sevenar? Savitar, yeah. yeah do they the show who he is? The latest episode, they just showed who it was. Very cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Was it worth the wait with the reveal? Uh, uh, well, it was a good re it was a good reveal. It just the episode was so good that was like the worst part of the episode. The reveal was the worst part yeah. of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it was, the episode just it, the episode it was a really good. good. Episode. Yeah. Very cool. I am looking forward to see it. Catching up on that. We've been traveling and all that stuff, so I'm behind on a bunch of my shows. Is there anything else you're gonna do here at Free Comic Book Day? You're um, gonna walk around, see some more stuff, or? I think we're we're gonna go after this. You already went through yeah. all the booths. Did you already go in the comic store too? Um, no, we haven't. Oh, yet. see, you should go in there. Oh. Your dad's like, no, 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 don't go in there. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on, man. Thanks. <laughs> and before you go, what's your name? Oh, my name's Ryan. Ryan, thank you for coming on, Ryan. Thank Listen you. for yourself, man. <laughs> Thanks. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, that was Ryan. That was really cool. Second year in a row he's come on to our little show. I know he was excited, and he said he, he listens to you, and they really waited. Cool. It was cute, for sure. And so going back to Guardians of the Galaxy, you were talking about Drax and having to keep it quiet. I know, so that's what I did. <laughs> that, that was well worth the wait. That was <laughs> worth the wait. <laughs> so glad we came back to that piece. I do have um, an opinion. I enjoy Naturally. the first Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack better than the second one. So why do you think that is? I have a theory. Maybe I'm not really giving it as much of a chance yet because we didn't purchase the Guardians of the Galaxy 1 soundtrack till after the movie. So I already had fondness over certain songs to certain sequences, right? But I purchased... Guardians of the Galaxy 2 before the movie came out. Well, no, because when I saw that it in February, the music wasn't overlaid that much yet. yet. So, um, bragger. So I didn't, um, no, I, I don't know how to put it. Like I was listening to the music, but I, I don't have a correlation yet to the to, movie. To the movie. So, but and we've seen Guardians one so many times that so many. So I kind of know exactly which each each sequence is. So it might grow on me, you know. After we go see it another ten times. Yeah, it might grow on me. Which we should do tonight. You just want to get those um the 3D glasses. The 4D glasses, yeah. So my theory as to why the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack isn't clicking as much for me, hey, there's a lot of songs I don't recognize on the soundtrack, but I feel like in the movie, in the first movie, it was more fluid. Like the soundtrack just kind of happened in the background. In, in the second one, they almost make it a point of showing Peter Quill hit play on his Walkman every time they played a song. There was very few songs that were fluid where he's just listening to it and he puts it like on Gamora's head and you hear it get a little louder. Like almost every time he's leaning back and pressing play and then you hear the soundtrack start. Really? Yeah. Well, granted, for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's a lot more commercialization than Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Right, because for the second one, 
they knew what they had on their hands for compared to the first one. I mean, just like that Doritos bag. With the microchip? With the microchip and, I mean, that the whole soundtrack plays off of the Doritos bag and it comes with old school, like, headphones in it. I mean, it was only made by Doritos. It was only online on Amazon for one day and now it's completely sold out and you can buy it on eBay for 300 bucks. Why didn't we get it and sell it on eBay for 300 bucks? Because we didn't. (laughs) There was a lot of commercialization for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and you can totally see it in the um, the movie come out too with the Groot thing, yes. with the you know the upsell of his um, cassette Walkman player because you can buy that now. You know, out. You spoiler know. alert! You know what? You know what we should be buying right now on eBay? What? Zunes. Yeah, for sure. Because that's gonna and, be the and next the thing about it is I kind of wish I would have thought about that after I saw the movie uh, the original in, one in, yeah, yeah, in February because I could have bought the whole Zune market yeah <laughs> and then we could have cornered that market and just sold Zunes on eBay and made a living I know oh well and we could have put 300 prob- songs on it it was probably somewhere in my NDA that I couldn't do it so. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you feel about Guardians overall I like the movie the send off for Yondu was emotional even though I didn't really tear up Unlike some people. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was good. I I mean, on the way home, I did complain about a few things. Oh, the other thing I was going to so talk about. So all the way home. Yeah, I know. I'm passionate. I have opinions. What I was saying earlier before we got cut off, um, that the first movie was had a lot of heart, felt very human. And the second one went very, very galactic. So, like, they gave Peter Quill powers. You know what I mean? He did the powers thing where he summons up a light ball and stuff But like you that. knew he was going to have something because even in the first movie, they said he had something that wasn't... That was just his genetic makeup. Doesn't mean he can summon up light balls and play catch with his dad. It took away a little of the human part for me, is what I'm saying. Well, because he's not human. He's totally human. No, he's not. He is. Well, now he is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we'll probably see it again. Yes, I'd like to. Nope. I think if I see it again, I'll complain less. Really? Because yeah, because now I know what to expect. Mm. Like my heart was set in a certain specific way of what I think Guardians of the Galaxy Two should have been, and now that I've seen it, I know that they've gone a completely different way. I'll I'll just go see it to see it, and then like actually enjoy the movie for the movie. Like the first time I saw, it, I had expectations, and that was a little foolish because Guardians One was so well done. Yeah, I don't think anything is really gonna live up to like the sleeper movie of the year, Guardians, where yeah. everyone was. I mean, don't you remember when you knew Guardians? Where but when it, they were first doing like promotion for it and everything, like people didn't get it, you know, like no one knew a, who they were, like a raccoon, yeah, even a tree a guy, guy. Even a guy at my work talks about like, or he talked about he wouldn't go see it because it looks stupid because there's a talking raccoon and a talking tree. And I convinced him his name's Mike Washington, just in case he listens to this. And now those were the two favorite characters out of the movie for him was the stupid raccoon and the stupid talking tree. Commercially, you know, like looking at it from that side, Guardians 1 snuck up on everybody so much that there wasn't really that much product for it. Right. So when Guardians 2 came out, it's all about product for Guardians yeah. 2, you know? And so you've got cassette tapes and Dorito bags and Funko Pops out of the yin-yang, you know? And just it's crazy. And, and when the first movie came out, there was only like... There was barely any pops for it, and it was the little Groot in a pot. In a pot that sold was the best-selling Funko Pop that yeah. year. Speaking of 
Groot and all that stuff. That was something I thought that they also took away from. They kind of made, when it was Baby Groot, and I get it, it's a baby, they made him super kind of annoying. Like, you know, he kept having, like, little fits. He's a baby. I, no, I get it, but it took away from kind of his cuteness. Really? I thought he was cute. I thought he was annoying because he kept, like, slapping people like he would slap Drax for no reason. And then I also... Because he acts like you. Yeah, I'm annoying. I admit it. <laughs> Ask anyone. I know I'm annoying. But I also was kind of bummed because in the first movie, Rocket and Groot are, like, completely inseparable. And in the second movie, I don't feel like they're best friends at all. No, I definitely... Like, Rocket I, cried when Groot, quote-unquote, died in the first movie. Yeah, because Groot and Rocket were, like, quote-unquote, both adults, you know, for the first movie. For the second movie, Rocket's pretty much his dad, yeah, but it doesn't feel like it because well, they, they separate them a lot. Yeah, and, and, and you definitely can tell that, like, the like way that, that they... best friend relationship cause, is not Because he, he's a kid now. It's creepy. <laughs> it's not creepy <laughs> if you're best friends with your parents. What kind of childhood did you have? <laughs> oh, the one there where you don't go out and ride your bike. No, but I meant, like, for... I guess if you look at the fact that, like, you and Michael are friends, right? And then all of a sudden Michael became a baby again, and you had to take care of him and change his diaper and stuff, you'd be a little annoyed <laughs> at him. But Groot doesn't have diapers. I know, but I'm just saying, like, if If you, Michael didn't have diapers, I wouldn't be annoyed at him. I don't know. I mean, if he's a baby, he should wear diapers, but... But, like, what if, like, you, you were, like, one week you were having, like, Michael having serious conversations with Michael and work stuff, whatever, and then he becomes like serious a little... conversation? All he says is, I am Groot. So Michael would just be saying, I am Michael. But then Michael becomes little, and then you... He's lost a lot of weight. Well, so. yeah, I know. But I mean, he becomes little, little. Say, for instance, you had something for him to do at work. You're like, hey, can you update this for me? And all of a sudden, the next week, he's like a little kid, and he can't even use a, type, a keyboard yet. Wouldn't you be a little annoyed? You basically have to, like, help He'd him grow up. He'd still be my friend. Well, yeah, but in a different capacity because adult michael you don't have to teach him how to use a keyboard <laughs> baby michael well. you do <laughs> but also you can tell in this movie that Groot is not only it's not just rocket that's like his parent figure but they all are yeah because even where drax puts him on his shoulder and puts him to sleep and stuff oh oh that oh was because somebody's easy up just yeah. flew up <laughs> did you hear that i made yeah, a yeah, joke that was funny <laughs> That was something I felt like was missing. Other than Drax and Mantis was like relationships between the Guardians. Like you, you get the, hey, there's this unspoken thing between Star-Lord and Gamora, but they don't really act on it. I don't think they're supposed to. I think they're going to be like Sam and Diane from Cheers. And remember how they always say that like once the couple gets together, remember he mentions he's like, then it, it jumps just the it jumps the shark. And he, that's yeah. what he explained. And then she's like, I don't even know what Cheers is. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, though. There was, uh, there was no dynamic relationship between anyone except for Drax and Mantis. Like even you don't even, you don't even the, think there was a relationship the, between Star Lord and Yandu? Literally, not till the end when he well, says, it's still in the "He movie. was your father, but I was your dad." Daddy. Daddy. Whatever. Whatever. Mary Poppins, y'all. Is she cool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the next time you see it, you'll like it better, like you said, because you know what you're going into. Yeah. And I think I it'll grow on you, like Napoleon Dynamite. Well, that took like 100 viewings in the background for me to finally like Napoleon Dynamite when I suddenly <laughs> go to work and I'm going, Gah, you ruined my day. Well, that jumped the shark a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, is there anything else you want to say about Guardians? I am sure there is. I just can't think of it right now. Really? You're having yeah. a tough time? Yes. What about Iron Fist? What do you think of Iron Fist? I think it's boring. Why do you think it's boring? I think it's slow. Why? 
because it's slow. Do you realize, like, this is, of all the Netflix movies, this is the one that jumps into the guy having his power and showing it the fastest? I feel that it's slow. <laughs> no, I just... You're not answering I, the why. I, I think the first few episodes felt like it could easily be Iron Fist, the Marvel character, or it could be, like... Gossip Girl or something or like Arrow like it was like it just felt like like Arrow well no it's just like this rich kid comes back and is trying to take his company back but doesn't really know anything and it was very he's not like even trying to take his company back he's just trying to f- go into his company and see what's going on he doesn't even want it back but, I don't know. But the brother and sister assume that's why he's there is for right, like a hospital for sure. takeover. I just don't know. I just, out of all of the Netflix series that we watched, even even Luke Cage, we got through that. Jessica Jones is still my favorite. And and I don't really, I don't care for Danny Rand. What? I, I don't care for, I mean, I think his character is okay. I don't care for the actor that plays him. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. I don't care I for I don't care for his hair. Why? Because <laughs> it's just a hot mess. He needs to do something with it. People have curly hair. Not everyone has straight, beautiful hair like you. <laughs> no, I just I don't I don't quite care for um, the actor that plays Danny Rand. I disagree. I think he, considering the situation of what Danny Rand has gone through, I think the actor is playing him perfectly. I think he portrays that conflicted like i'm kind of like a 15 year old kid but i'm an adult at the same time that he doesn't understand the world because he was like raised groot. by buddhist yeah like baby groot not nearly as cute as baby groot i think he's cuter he's got very pretty hair <laughs> i don't like the villains in this movie i mean the show the old lady yeah no 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 but Gal? not just Gal, but the hand the hand was the main villain in daredevil also yeah I didn't say I like Daredevil as much as Jessica Jones, did I? Where would you rank Daredevil? Probably second over Luke Cage? Yes. So how come Iron Fist isn't three and then Luke Cage number four? Luke Cage picked up at the end. And maybe we still have, what, three more episodes left? Maybe it'll pick up. Which we tried to watch last night. And I fell asleep. Literally almost every minute. Here's the thing. It's kind of boring. (laughs) Kind of boring? What is that? It's kind of boring. And therefore, I fall asleep when I watch it. Or you just lazy. Or like like when I watched Wolverine. Wolverine was a bad movie, though. <laughs> but um, how come you never fall asleep when you watch Deadpool? I like Deadpool. I know. I said, why don't you ever fall asleep when you watch Deadpool, though? Because I like it. Why do you like it? Because he's funny. Why is he funny? Because he's funny. Is it because the actor is funny? Yeah, I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. Yeah. I don't like Danny Rand. <laughs> so if Ryan Reynolds was playing Iron Fist, do you think you'd stay up for it? I think he would make a funnier Danny Rand. <laughs> I know you want to finish it. Yes. I was I was hoping to finish it before we talked today so that we can actually talk about it from start to finish. So is there anything else that you're looking forward to? Uh, Wonder Woman. <laughs> Wonder Woman. The trailer that we saw for Wonder Woman looks amazing. It's I'm like really, the one DC movie. I'm really hoping for DC's sake. Yeah. It's the one, like, movie that actually looked like they could be doing it right. Are you excited for Justice League? No. Okay. (laughs) 
I want to be, but after seeing Batman versus Superman, I don't have faith in that Justice League will be any good. Um, I like Iron Fist better than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yes. I am looking forward towards Thor. Thor Ragnarok? Yes. Have you already seen that? I can't confirm or deny. No, I haven't. I have not seen Thor Ragnarok yet. I'm hoping that it'll be a good movie. I think it will be. It looks like they're going to go for the more comedy feel versus the other two previous Thor movies. Are you looking forward to the new Star Wars movie? Uh, episode 8? Yeah. Yeah. The um, All the Star Wars movies have been really good. I know everyone complains about Episode 7 as just a reboot of Episode 4, but I thought it was needed to recapture the Star Wars feeling. Um, Rogue Squadron was mind-blowingly good. Rogue One. Rogue One. What did I say? Rogue, Rogue Squadron. Squadron. Yeah, that's the video game. I'm talking about the game. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the movie? Uh, I enjoyed the fact that, spoiler, if you haven't already seen it, you should have already oh seen gosh. it by now, <laughs> that everyone dies. That was actually kind of cool that the heroes win, but at a consequence. So it's really funny, um, on a side note for that, is obviously none of the, none of the Rogue One stuff really did super well, like merchandise. Really? Not even the pop? Yeah, the pop. But I mean, like just in general, but because I think no one really kind of, not no one, but like when you, when you simple, simply think it through, like who's going to leave a movie where you're like completely devastated that everyone dies and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go get a play set of that. You know, well, like, you know, it just didn't do as well as it should have. But Well, I think part of that is also is that it's hard to, like why invest in something where you right. know the characters are dead? You're, they're not going to be in another movie. Right. This yeah. is this is all you're going to see them in. So in terms of merchandising, it's a hard sell. For sure. See, I should be in merchandising. I got ideas. I'm trying to think of anything else we have to talk about. Well, we're so far behind on all of our shows, like Flash, uh, Supergirl. We're like, I don't know, 15 behind. We're all caught up on Southern Charm. What else am I caught up on? Um, Below Deck Mediterranean. All great shows, I'm sure. The podcast sounds a lot different when it's you and I than you and Michael. <laughs> The challenge we've watched. So that's the, so that's the thing. So we try to watch Iron Fist at eight o'clock at night, and you fall asleep. But then you'll stay up and watch the challenge till like eleven o'clock. You cannot tell me those people are more interesting than the show. I'm just saying I'm a little more vested in CT winning the money than Danny Rand. <laughs> I wonder if people are actually going to like this podcast. They will. I'm on it. I guess they might like it for you too. If we have to have you on here, so I'm not just talking about me. I'm back here at SoCal Comics, free comic book day. Uh, It's been kind of cloudy, kind of rainy. The killer here has been the wind so far. A few people have had tents being blown over. So everyone's still here, though. There's still a line. It's not as big as it was. It's now been an hour and a half since the event has started. I can see the end, but it's still going. And that is Jamie in the background yelling, screaming for someone. We'll be back if uh, anyone comes along or if we find someone to talk to. Everyone's pretty busy. Uh, I've met a few extra people. I just met with Matt Hawkins, who works over at Top Cow. Uh, he's giving me his contact information, so he is someone who I hope to have on the uh, podcast. Uh, probably not today. He's busy over at his booth. But sometime in the future, perhaps uh, schedule a time to do a... Uh, interview with him online so that's really cool uh chad kavanaugh my my bro here is promoting dead oro live uh, along with all his other comics he's currently pretty busy with people at his booth uh richard uh, friend is also here he's been really busy uh people are buying prints left and right from him so it's been overall a pretty busy 
uh, Free Comic Book Day. The Sci-Fi Coalition is here. Uh, it's really cool. They've done some cool stuff. Colleen of Wing Lion Creations is over there next to them. She is currently cosplaying Dr. Harley Quinzel, as well as also selling at her own booth. Here we are at San Diego Free Comic Book Day at Southern California Comics. Sitting next to me is... Adrian Alvarez. All right, so how's Free Comic Book Day going for you? Um, good. It's just, it's just the rain. It's just that rain, huh? Yeah. yeah Did you uh, pick up anything while you were here? Yeah. What do we got? Secret Empire. Secret Empire. Are you a big Marvel fan? Have you seen any of the Marvel movies? Well, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, the first or the second one? Uh, first. What did you think of the first one? It, it was good. All right, who was your favorite character in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie? If you had to pick one character only. Star-Lord. Star-Lord, really? It wasn't Rocket or Groot? No. What did you like about Star-Lord so much? Because, because it's like... It's like I like his ship, like cuts. The Murano? Yeah. He's yeah. got a cool ship. He was pretty funny too, huh? Yeah. Cool. All right. Do you watch any of the any of the superhero shows on TV, like The Flash or Arrow? No, not most. Not that much. No. All right. What about cartoons? What what superhero cartoons have you watched? Uh, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Any of that? No. All no, right. I'm not a big fan of that. Why? What don't you like about four turtles that live in a sewer? I, uh, no, I just don't. I just don't like it. All right, what do you like? Teen Titans. Teen Titans. So you is it Teen Titans Go? Yeah. yeah. What do you like about Teen Titans Go? Not know. All right, who's your favorite character in Teen Titans Go? Robin. Robin. Why do you like Robin so much? It's just some reason that he's funny. You think he's funny? Yeah. Is it because he's a leader also? He's kind of cool, right? Yeah, but he, he's trying to. He's trying to be leader. He's trying to be the leader? Yeah. Who do you think is, like, the real leader of Teen Titans Go? I don't know. I, I don't know who. I don't know who could be a real leader. But it's definitely not Robin? No. <laughs> All right. So... What other shows or movies have you watched lately? Well, I've seen Batman versus Superman. What did you think of that? It it was good. Just some of the effects were, just some of the effects I didn't really like. Like which ones? Like I like I don't like how they did the fire. Cause it was like like the fire looked really fake. It looked like some of the effects looked real fake. They did, huh? Yeah. Did you think the story was a little weird in Batman versus Superman? Yeah. It's just two heroes fighting each other. Yeah, wasn't it kind of weird that when they were fighting the main bad guy at the end, Superman yeah. left to go save Lois Lane? Yeah. He was the only one who could damage the bad guy. Yeah. And he left. He left Batman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. It was weird. Why would Superman do that? Uh, no. <laughs> So what else do you want to talk about? Mm, that's it. That was it? Yeah. That's a quick interview. Yeah. You got nothing else? No. All right. All right. Now here we are with... Christina. All right. How has Free Comic Book Day been for you? 
It was really good. I liked looking at all the comics and the drawings. Very cool. There's a lot of cool artists here that sit next to me. Did you see one of the Wonder Woman pictures that they have? No, I didn't look over there. Oh, you should check it out and tell your mom to buy it for you. It's like 10 bucks. It's worth it, and he'll sign it. There's a cool Wonder Woman. So, all right, what what movies have you seen lately that is superhero-related? Um, I've watched the Avengers movies. Okay. Um, some of the Iron Man, Captain America movies, Civil War, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. Which one? Which one would you say is your favorite? I like Civil War the most. Really, over Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. Even though Guardians of the Galaxy has a cute raccoon and a cute little talking tree. Kind of half and half, like. Half and <laughs> half. All right. So, what did you like about Civil War the most? I like that there was like a lot of characters in it. There was a lot there of was new a lot. characters. There was a lot of characters. And they did a good job, like, showing all of them, right? You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't just Captain America and Iron Man, but they showed everyone. Like, everyone got a moment. Yeah. I and it was funny, part. too, huh? Mm -hmm. It was really funny. And then what about Guardians of the Galaxy? What do you like about Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, I like that it's a superhero movie, but it's space-themed. Space, yep. That is mm -hmm. so cool. Who's your favorite character in Guardians of the Galaxy? If you had to pick one. I like Groot or Gamora, probably. Groot or Gamora? Mm -hmm. They were both awesome. Groot's like super funny, and then Gamora was super awesome, uh -huh. right? She's a good, tough chick. What about comics? Do you read any comics? Sometimes. I like reading like Marvel comics, mostly. Okay. What about TV shows? Do you watch any of the TV shows, like Flash or Arrow or Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or anything like that? I don't really watch any of the TV shows, but I do like the um, the original Teen Titans. I don't like Teen Titans Go. Oh, see, like you're like me. <laughs> I like the original Teen Titans uh -huh. better, too. Like so what is it? what did you like about the original Teen Titans? I like the drawings. I like because the drawings, I think the drawings are better. Yes, I agree. And they look more realistic. Yes, I absolutely agree. Uh, there's also more action in it. Yes. Teen Titans Go, it's mostly like jokes and stuff. Yeah, it's a little more funny uh -huh. than, it, than more action story. What else do you want to talk about? My favorite superhero is Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Uh, is that from the Avengers movies? Uh, yeah, she's in Age of Ultron and Civil War. Yes, uh -huh. she was awesome. I like her powers. That's cool. The the kind of like be able to change reality in a way and do like the weird uh -huh. things that she does. That's a cool power. Who's your favorite guy superhero if you had to pick one? I like Hawkeye. Hawkeye? Hawkeye's pretty cool. That's totally different than Scarlet Witch. Like you have Scarlet Witch who can mm -hmm. do anything, but then Hawkeye he's just centered on his bow and arrows. Yeah. What is it about Hawkeye that you like so much? Um like how he's got different kinds of arrows, like he's got exploding arrows, electrocuting arrows. Yes, yes. He's Everyone just thinks of him as a bow and arrow kind of guy, but he has all his trick shots too. Uh -huh. That makes him really, really cool. And what I like about Hawkeye is he's just a normal person. He has no yeah. special powers, but he's out there fighting next to like Scarlet Witch and Thor, who's a thunder god, and... Iron Man, who's in this big Iron Army, he's just a dude with bows and arrows shooting like little trick arrows. He's out yeah. there risking his life more than anyone else, right? Because yeah. he doesn't have protection. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like Robin. Yes. Yeah. Because he doesn't have any powers. Any powers, and he's just out there just using his skill to try to make a difference. Uh huh. That's really, really cool. What else you got? You got anything else you want to talk about? I ran out of stuff. <laughs> 
Okay. Cool. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. All right. Bye. Hey, so we're back right now here at Free Comic Book Day at Southern California Comics. And with me, I have... Uh, Dexter O'Donnell. All right, Dexter. So what brought you to Free Comic Book Day? Uh, well, besides the free comics. <laughs> the free comics, of course. Free, who doesn't want free comics? That and uh, also uh, just to visit with some of the friends here that are vending or appearing here at the, uh, at the gathering. Okay. I believe we spoke with you about two years ago here. I believe so, yes. Yeah. So... What did you pick up so far here uh, at Free Comic Book Day? I just did a lot. Basically, I'm doing like Christmas shopping because they also have like great sales on inexpensive graphic novels. Yes. So I'm doing that. Jamie's got a, cool, a bunch yeah. of cool sales going and on. So I, I buy them by the pound. <laughs> and then um, I picked up a handful of free books like, uh, you know, I'm following Riverdale. So I picked up the Riverdale book. Cool. Uh, I picked up uh, some other stuff for other friends of mine to get them enticed in getting comics like Betty and Veronica, that kind of stuff. Cool. So I have to ask, speaking of uh, Riverdale, is yes. that actually related to the – there's a TV show called Riverdale. Correct. Uh, is it based off the same thing? From what the co- it looks like on the cover, it looks like it's you know, they're lo- using the TV show logo, so I'm imagining that they probably are. So it are. is the same, right? So I'm yeah. not imagining things. I totally thought it was the same thing. Cool. Yeah. All right. And so what other what other books do you normally collect other than what you've gotten today at Free Comic Book Day? Um, well, I'm mainly of uh, – I'm mainly a um, – I like to support the non-big two companies. Okay. So I mean, I do grab like don't if I grab anything from Marvel, it's going to be Star Wars related, um, and if it's DC, it's usually related to the CW shows. Okay. Um, but uh, for the most part, I'll get stuff. I, I'm a huge supporter of uh, like IDW. Okay, good stuff. And I'm also uh, a supporter of uh, Titan, who by, yes. who incidentally is doing the new Robotech comic book also. Oh, okay. What a, an, a what a great segue. So, <laughs> what do you know about Robotech? Well, um, I can tell you that my connection to Robotech is runs pretty deep. Uh, I did work with Carl Masick briefly um, during the early days of Robotech. Okay. And I did do some stuff. I was uh, their original fan liaison, so I answered a lot of fan mail and stuff from the original run of Robotech. That's amazing. Um, I did a documentary while I was in college about how they translated it from English to, from Japanese to English, English, and that's how I got got connected with them um but since that time and since carl's passing seven years seven years ago um i'm more connected to the robotech fandom through robotech x okay and uh that's the official robotech fan group uh on social media okay and um i have you know direct relationships with people who work at harmony gold such as tommy yoon who's the current executive producer of robotech cool so what do you have any Robotech news that you can uh, share? Well, uh, let's start with the comic book because it's free comic let's book do day. It. The uh, new book's coming out from Titan within the next three months, and it's going to be a a familiar version of Robotech with some twists. So okay. it's not going to be the original Carl Masick version. Okay. But given that it's Robotech, it's going to stay true to the storyline. Right. Um, they're just adding a few things, enhancing a few things, as it were. It's not a reboot. It's more along the lines of filling in the blanks. Cool. So if you look at the J.J. Abrams version of Star Trek, it's similar but different. Okay. So right. the J.J. Abrams version of Star Trek keeps the Star Trek characters. They just tweak some of the some of the story relationships and stuff uh, and that kind of thing in the story. With Robotech, it's not to that extreme. It's still the true Robotech um, with Rick Hunter, Roy Folker, Lin-Min May. Right. But it's being pulled forward because of 
uh, the live action movie that's that's okay. going to be in production soon. Very cool. So we're going to be seeing a live action Robotech. Correct. Um, Sony Pictures is the uh, studio that's doing the Robotech movie, and they've already hired the producers from the 300 franchise. Oh no way! And the screenwriter of the 300 movies is um, currently developing the screen story. And they've hired the director, James Wan, from the Insidious movies and um, Fast and Furious 7 to be the director. He's currently working on Aquaman, so once right. he's done with that, he's hardcore into Robotech. Nice. I, I, I can see happening. Yeah. That is a good mixture, picking up the guys who did 300 to do Robotech. You know what I mean? Very much so. And the they're action. very much into it. They're, they're, they're treating this as a uh, long-term franchise. So they want to make this like... Um, Possibly like a trilogy or more. Or, no, they're 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 envisioning much bigger. They're, they're, they have a much bolder plan, and it's going to be uh, much akin to like Star Trek or Star Wars or James Bond. Right. But instead of the Force or the Federation, it's going to be with the transforming Mecha. Right. Oh, that is awesome. That sounds like good stuff coming, man. Yeah, very much so. And uh, the sc- having spoken with the screenwriter. Uh, for the Robotech, fi- uh, first Robotech film, at, at the very least, his vision is to do it the original s- the series as a trilogy of trilogies. So okay. instead of just three movies covering the original three chapters of Robotech, he wants to do a trilogy for each one. Oh, see, ooh, see that? That's a little worrisome because they kind of did that with the Hobbit, right? They took one book and broke it up into three. Yes. And I don't, I don't think that worked. Well, so well, they tried to pull too much into well, it. Well, Robotech is eighty-five episodes. The original series is eighty-five Eight, episodes. Yep. You include Shadow Chronicles. That's eighty. That's eighty-six. If you include Love Live Alive, that's eighty-seven. If you include Robotech, the in, uh, the uh, untold story, that's eighty-eight. So that's, yeah. there's like over eighty-eight stories that can be told within the Robotech universe, and you know uh, there are more also. Right. So to do a trilogy of trilogies is actually better than to do like a one like to compact everything into one each chapter into one movie. I see what you're saying. So they're going to basically take sort of like possibly we'll just use that example of 88 and break those into three separate chapters. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. There. Yeah. So that so that way there's more character details. Right. Um, it's not rushed. Yeah. You know. But again, you know that's the plan. You know who, that who that, what, that we know yeah. of. Yeah, I mean, that that could change. We don't know. That is really cool. I could definitely go for seeing a Robotech live action. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people. I mean, you know, there's, you know, with Pacific Rim two on the horizon. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, We've already you know, got quote unquote the imitation Robotech out there in yeah. movies doing well. Well, Pacific Rim's more akin to Gundam Gun- than it is yeah. to. Than it is to. It always reminds me of Mech Warrior too. Yeah, Mech Warrior, <laughs> which which at, was riffing Robotech actually. Yeah. But um, yeah, Robotech was originally uh, three different TV series that right. Carl Masick uh, was able to look at and uh, compact into three separate to make an uh, overarching story of three Robotech wars. Right. Three generations of Robotech uh, warriors, and they comp- he compacted it into eighty-five episodes. Yeah. And his long-term goal was to continue that story, and he attempted to do that with Sentinels, but then um, things being the way they were, they were not able to produce a right. complete series for that. So that's when uh, Shadow Chronicles, uh, about 10 years ago, the first Shadow Chronicles movie 
was the first step into extending uh, the uh, Robotech yeah, universe. Advancing it. I, you know, I've never seen the Shadow Chronicles at all. Uh, and this, this leads that this leads me into the next part. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Robotech is on multiple uh, streaming platforms. Okay. Uh, it's currently uh, on Sony's platform, Crackle, and that's the complete Robotech saga with the TV series, uh, Shadow Chronicles. The only thing that's missing is the complete version of the Untold, Untold story, story because that the rights for that are part of it or to another co- to, to another production company. But the uh, part there's a part of it that Harmony Gold has the rights to, so they include that in the package. Um, I believe they also have a version of S- the Sentinels movie that they include in there. But um, so that's Crackle, the Sony one. Right. It's on Netflix, but it's the original eighty-five episodes, and they're currently waiting on Netflix to ask them for you know to allow the them to, to put more material in. So, so Netflix only has the first five. The, no, Netflix has the original eighty-five episodes. Eighty-five. Okay. Yeah, and it's the remastered version. It's the it's the it's the one with the enhanced sound. Right. Sound and the and a cleaner picture than the original broadcast version. That's very cool. I'll have to check that out on Netflix, man. Yeah. It's been, I don't even know how long since I've watched Robotech. Yeah. Like the original. A lot of people are rediscovering it right now because of the stre- different streaming services that yeah. are offering it right now. Um, and I'm sure so the comic is helping as well. Yeah, the comic so will it's, be. So yeah. it's putting um, it back in people's minds. Very much so. And I think, the well, the big, the big thing about the new comic book by Titan that's going to be coming out, there, well, there are two things. Number one, they're doing it the way they're doing it with regards to revising slightly revising the story and everything because of the new movie right and they want to get a new audience to join in with the original with audience the original. you know so that so it doesn't become this like exclusive club right the second it's not a thing, niche yeah the second thing about the new comic is and this is the biggest news the writer of the comic series the, of Robotech is none other than Brian Wood oh okay so they're hoping to have a big name uh, comic author connected to Robotech is going to draw his audience into right. it as well. So, and if people have read his stuff like DMZ, you, which yeah. is a war saga, which Robotech essentially, essentially is, is, right? <laughs> it's in his wheelhouse. Yeah, you know, and you know, a lot of a lot of chatter now on social media is people are really curious. They're wanting to check it out. Yeah, so that's a good thing. And it was just in the most recent previews catalog. That came out also. Oh, cool. Okay. So nice. you know, get your if you get if your audience gets a chance to you know check that on previews. Um, if they're fans of you know anime and they're you know they should get it. If they're fans of giant robots, they should get it. If they're fans of Brian Woods, they should get should, it. Yeah. You know, and of course, if they're the old school fans like myself, then it's a definite, definite, definite keeper yeah. because it's a, it's not, you know, recycling like the original Comico series. Right. The the Robotech stories. Yeah, that sounds cool, man. So yeah, it sounds like they've it sounds like they've really thought it through, right? They've picked the a writer of the comic who's known for war stories to do Robotech, which Robotech is war stories. They've picked like the guy for three hundred and Fast and Furious, which is good for like the action and that type of stuff. And that's what you expect in Robotech. Robotech is massive amounts of action. You know what I mean? Yeah. It there there is, but there's also it's also as Carl used to say it, um, there's a very strong human story. Yes, you know, I agree. The 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 um, how an interstellar conflict affects different people. Yep. You know, um, what made Robotech unique was that you know there was a lot of you know real 
like human emotion, emotion in yeah, the, human in the story. Yeah, yeah, I you know. know. You know, people. You know, they 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 they, they 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 <laughs> laugh. They 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 cry. You know, yep. there's anger. There's a lot. You know, people live. People die. Yep. And it's not just like uh like you know. In Star it's Trek, it's not the dude in the red shirt that yeah, yeah, you yeah. just met five seconds ago dying. It's actual <laughs> characters that you really have put a lot of investment into yes. emotionally that go, you know. And yep. for people who haven't seen the series, I'm not going to spoil. I'm it. not going to spoil it. But <laughs> even though it's like I don't know what, yeah, 15, 16, 17, 20 year, oh, no, 30 Robotech years old. Oh no, Robotech is like <laughs> Robotech 1985, so it's over 30 yeah, years. That's what I'm saying. But I can, I but I can, I can, I can tell, I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> You know, a new audience is going to, um, it's going to come as like a shocker. Because, yeah. You know, and it, it it that's the best part. You know, the new the the new fans and the old fans can cons- can, can basically console one another. Yes. <laughs> you know, when they go, holy moly, my favorite character is gone. Yeah. What? Oh, they're what? coming back, right? Yeah. No. No, this isn't Marvel. <laughs> no, this isn't this isn't this isn't GI Joe the movie where where Duke is mortally wounded, wounded. and then they say an off screen. Uh, he's in a coma. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, off screen, and Duke's alive. He's come out of his coma. Yeah. No, when when John Doe, that's not a name of a character. Right, obviously. When John Doe <laughs> so creative. Is, 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 <laughs> you know, killed in battle, say, that's it. That's it. He's, he's not done. coming back. Yeah. You know? And every one of the Robotech chapters, there are people that you, eat, whether it's one episode or a bunch of episodes, you invest your emotions emotionally into going, oh this person's yeah. cool or that person's great and then poof you never know yeah you know and that's what made that that for me that's what made carl masick the, the 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 genius that he was he didn't edit those out yeah from the original japanese source material he kept it true yeah because a lot of he had a lot of uh battles with standards and practices from different tv stations saying no you can't have this main character this die. person die or yeah. you can't have this person you know get shot you know the kids are watching the, these this, this series this, this cartoons they're not going to understand it. it's going to traumatize them yeah and carl's response was this this may be a cartoon to you but it's animation to me and it's yeah. animation to the people watching this and it's drama and it's real and if something happens we want to make sure that it's there's consequence it's legit and it's not fake and you know that it's like life it's unpredictable right and it's unexpected yeah, you know, and yeah, Carl was ahead of his time, and you see that uh, you see a lot of um, a lot of the new anime that's been coming out since Robotech, right? Is because Carl had the wherewithal to stand up and say, "This is how they have it overseas originally. This is and this is how they have it in other countries. We should have it this way here in the U.S." In the U.S., yep, I agree. I agree. So yeah, Carl was a pioneer, you know, and a lot of people have spoken about him whether when he was alive or since his passing that you know they've disparaged him but yeah uh you know whether you like him or not whether you agree with him or not uh you know carl made anime not just a little thing that you you know it's not a cute thing well he didn't make it he made it so that it wasn't a niche hobby anymore yeah where you met up with like a handful of your friends and you know watched watched it at like a friend's house on an old vcr with no subtitles or no english dialogue <laughs> or whatever and you had to try to you know you had to hope that somebody in the group spoke japanese spoke, could tra- yeah. translate it but he made it so that it was like mainstream to where not only could it be subtitled 
but it could but it was dubbed and then it was broadcast on places like you know Cartoon Network, yep. Sci-Fi Channel, Disney Channel, Disney XD and you know made it much more broader a broader audience. People, yeah. You know? uh, he did it once with Robotech. He did it again with Akira. Okay, yeah. Yes. So, you know, Carl didn't Carl, you know, didn't let lightning strike in a bottle once, but twice. Yeah. <laughs> and he was involved in, you know, all of the stuff that's, you know, connected to Robotech story-wise. His fingerprints are all over it. Even all though over he's it, not yeah. with us anymore. Because um, his widow, uh, Svea Masik, has, you know, kept, archived his his notes. Right. And have allowed Harmony Gold and Tommy Yoon. Uh, who's like I said is the executive producer of Robotech now um, access to his notes so that they can extend the story um, in the way that would you know which was would be true to him to Carl's vision yeah yeah you know not like how Star Trek is where you know Roddenberry Gene Roddenberry yeah he only did he only did Next Generation and everything else has been yeah you know the has been paramount yeah yeah and Everything sort of felt like Gene Rodberry before, but the last couple of Star Treks with yeah. what's his name don't feel like they would. They're cool movies, but they don't have that Star Trek vibe to no. them. And and I think that's why it that's why the series kind of exhausted itself uh, on television. Yeah, because Roddenberry's influence and his optimism and his hopefulness for for Star Trek, you know, started. As it progressed significantly yeah. with each passing Star Trek series. Yeah. You know, with Robotech, um, we're hopeful that that's not going to happen. Right. Especially if, if they're given the access to his notes, right? So they're, yeah. they're seeing where he was going and they can plan that story sort of around that. Exactly. You know, and that's the beauty of it. Um, even with, like with Shadow Chronicles, for example, Shadow Chronicles, a lot of people criticized it. A lot of the hardcore old school fans right. criticized it because it relied too much on having to rehash the last two episodes of the original series and then there's very little original story. Right. But what they don't realize is just how much uh, the creators of that movie uh, went into the the uh, notes of Carl Masick. Yeah, like the source material. Yeah, and basically took what his intentions were for Sentinels and inf- infuse that in Shadow Chronicles. Shadow, that's you know? cool. So that's what made that's what made you know a lot of that's what making a lot of fans going. We want we want more. We want more. Yeah, because there was there was Shadow Rising is the, ne- the t- was the title of the the next Robotech movie, uh, animated movie. But with all these different live action incarnations, whether it started at um, Warner Brothers or the current version at Sony, right? Um, you know that's kind of they're they're not sure where they're going to go with it. Right. You know, the agreement with Sony as I understand it is they're given a green light for all Robotech animation, but they do want to be made aware of what the storylines are and what characters are going to be utilized be used, yeah. so that uh it doesn't over it doesn't conflict uh with what they're doing with the live action movie. That's that's a cool thing to do, right? So that you don't everything sort of stays true to itself. Yes. So you don't have any conflicts between. Exactly. Well, this is what happened in the animated movie. Why is the you know live action so different? Exactly. And you know what's great with the the Harmony Gold's relationship with Sony versus the relationship they had with the previous uh, 
rights holders right. for live action Robotech. Is Sony gets it. They understand that you know this is a franchise that has 30 years of history amongst its fans. Yes. And you know whether it be merchandise, whether it be uh, gaming, whether it be um, cartoon, live action movie, an animated <laughs> yeah. feature, whatever. Yeah. Sony gets it, and so they want Harmony Gold to really you know get out there and not just satisfy the fans, but motivate them to support, continue to support the franchise. And at the same time, encourage new fans to join along so that when the live action movie comes out, you know, it'll be, it won't be like how with something like a uh, Battlestar Galactica. Right. Where there's the classic fans like myself from the original Richard Hatch TV series versus the the, uh, Ronald Moore series. Yeah. You know, which I, I'm not a supporter of. I just call it the Cylon series. You know, um, it's a completely different thing. Robotech is going to be Robotech. And uh, Sony wants old fans and new fans to be happy. Yeah, you that's going to be cool, man. And that's going to, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. S- Harmony Gold has had had have had some has quite a few plans for Robotech. Um, they did hit a speed bump. I won't lie. Um, when they went and did the couple years ago, they did a Kickstarter, made attempt to do a Kickstarter campaign for a TV series that Carl had been working on before he passed away called Robotech Academy. Okay. And that was supposed to be a bridge series between the original Robotech series and Shadow Chronicles where um, it's about the second the, the newest generation of Robotech cadets. Right. Um, the reason a lot of it was very controversial in the sense of there were a lot of fans who were going why are you making us pay for it? Right. Um, and you know there were like other people criticizing because they're saying, "Well, look, you know, it's the original production company ha- must have tons and tons of money and all this, so they should do it on their own. The reality is, I, you know, and this is something that, as a fan, personally, and having asked questions amongst the people that are connected, I honestly believe that it wasn't that they were trying to get money to produce the show from the fans, but they wanted fan participation. They wanted the fans to go, okay, I've... Not only have I uh, invested in Robotech emotionally, but I have a little bit of a financial investment. Right. You know? And so, therefore, you know, they will be more apt to support uh, uh, a a new Robotech TV series. Right. You know? And show. You know, like, if they would have taken the pilot, which they're, they're trying to produce, and gone to, like, a network and said, look, we have, or, you know, a streaming service or... Right. Or you know, or video company, you know, home video Whoever. releasing yeah. company, and go. Our fans help pr- pay for production of this. Helped pay for, not they paid for this. Right. But helped pay for it because they were only ask. They were asking for like some amount, like you know, a few hundred, several hundred thousand dollars, something like a. I think it was like hundred thousand or hundred fifty. I don't remember the exact. Yeah. Name. But if you know anything about ho- production of animation, that's not nearly enough to to do a thirty. Uh, a 30 minute pilot no, no that's no. not I mean you're talking about a million dollars per episode for yeah. a 30 million for, for a pilot for an animated series minimum you know and for me as a fan I looked at that and I went okay if we're invested in it that means that wh- who, whatever other entity they, 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 they take it to they're going to take it seriously and they're going to go oh there's a built in audience for this now yeah to and me once, I mean yeah, it's a way to gauge interest yeah you know what and, I mean and then from there you know, they know that 
this this core audience is going to work their you know their collective backsides off to you know try to draw new fans in yeah so that this show can get on the air continue to be on the air and continue to expand expand on the franchise yep. that they they you know love so much unfortunately like i said it was done the way it was done was controversial the you know the way that things were explained weren't very clear, clear. and so that's why the the campaign fell short right you know i don't want to say it failed but it did fall short right know? and you know as sad as that is it's it's a, it was a learning lesson for yeah. for everybody involved so you know not to bore people with like you know the the the, the speed bumps of you know refiner details but <laughs> but you know it I mean, not every fran- not every franchise is perfect. No, you know, they're no. like you know, Star Trek had huge speed bumps, you know, that you know, as the hard trick hard trick fans know, and for myself, having you know done the research because of what happened at Robotech, um, you know, there was a second Star Trek TV series that was supposed to happen. Yeah, because of what happened, you know, Star Wars was huge, and they wanted to do a TV series, and you know, the the everything for that went sideways for various different reasons. Yeah. Robotech had the same thing with Academy. Yeah. Yep. You know, so every big franchise has its little speed bumps. Star Wars had its own speed bumps also, you know? Yeah. So, Episodes know, one, two, and perfect. three, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's not perfect, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I look at I look at from as a fan standpoint, as long as they get it right, it, I'm happy. Yeah. You know, they're not doing it. It, it, it definitely shows that they have a genuine uh, emotional investment. Right. You know, not just financial. They want to make money, but they want to make make every. They want to put out the highest possible quality production out there. Yeah, and that's you know, having like I said, had my time at Harmony Gold, and you know, had access and worked on other projects that were non Robotech related. Right, like a mini series that they did called Around the World in 80 Days with Pierce Brosnan. I can tell you that uh, Harmony Gold gets it. It's just you know. It's just that they don't want. That's they're they're not like a a DreamWorks, right? Or <laughs> they don't have endless pockets. No, it, it's, <laughs> they they just don't go out there and do the shotgun approach and hope something sticks. Yeah, you know they'll do ten shows and hope that one or two stick. That's not how how uh, Harmony Gold is. Yeah, Harmony Gold I akin to right now uh, is more like what Greg Berlanti's doing. You know he does one he does one show at a time. Yeah, he does it well. Yeah, he puts everything into it. Then he does the next one. Yeah, and the next one. And I mean, if if you look like, who would have thought six years ago, the Green Arrow would be the cornerstone <laughs> for a whole universe of shows of, that of would TV come on shows CW on the CW. Green and I'm Arrow, <laughs> and I'm uh, and I'm including Constantine. Yep. And Supergirl, yeah, which started on two different networks that weren't the CW. Yeah, you know, Berlanti had his hand in all of that so much so that now, you know, there's the new Black Lightning TV series, which is done by granted a different production company, but it's a CW show that they're going to fold into what they're calling the Arrowverse. Yeah, which technically should be the the DC TVU. Yeah, DC TV universe. So yeah, you know what I mean? It's like who would have thought that? You know. It's all because of one group of people, Greg Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim, you know, and Andrew Kreisberg decided, got together and said, what makes comic books great and how yep. can we make good TV shows based on that? Yep. You know, 
Kevin Feige, same thing with the Marvel oh, movies. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, yeah. Ca- what makes Marvel comics great? Let's how can we make them a mo- how can we make those movies? Make them like perfect movies. Harmony Gold's <laughs> doing that with Robotech. Yep. You know, how can we take our show and get it out there to a bigger audience and you know make it so that they want to stay that you know that, that that it's good that they get invested in yeah. emotionally yeah you know and that that's you know the, the the smart successful hollywood companies are doing that yep you know um another great example is uh voltron oh yeah you know yeah there was um right after pacific rim came out there were a few promotion alleged quote-unquote promotional uh images that were leaked out about a voltron movie yep a cg voltron movie and then they disappeared very shortly after. Yeah. Why? Because they got slammed by the fans. Yeah. And then look at, like, uh, within the last two years, what happened? DreamWorks, you know, went, hey, Voltron's a classic franchise. What if we did this as an animated series? Yep. Which you know, is and instead of broadcast, they put it on Netflix. Yep. And now it's, like, one of the biggest animated series, uh, not, not just on streaming, but you know that's out there period yep you know why because they wanted quality they wanted to control the quality of the product yep harmony gold has learned has, has been watching that and learning from it yeah that's what they you know if you think like i said robotech's going to be great they went and you know they put their exit they put all their eggs in the in a in, in the right place yep. you know lined up their ducks and they're ready to go you know james wan great director great director started in indie films and now you know is doing big budget hollywood movies yep and he was one of us, just like um, the screenwriter of 300 who's writing the, the screenplays for Robotech. They were like us. They, wanted, they were running home after school to see the TV Run show. watch the show, They yeah. learned how to program their VCRs <laughs> so that they wouldn't miss a TV show, or they could go back and rewatch it on the weekends. Yeah. You know? They get it. They understand it. You know? It's not like... Um, the initial movies that Michael Bay did for Transformers. Oh, that's you know. Don't get me started. You know they, you know <laughs> Michael Bay insult. just basically took giant robots with, and made it with bigger explosions. Yep. You know. It's an although I will say this, the new Transformers uh. movie last night looks like it has potential. Someone else I was just talking to said the same thing. Yeah, because and I didn't see it. I saw the tra- I saw the trailer at the head of Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's where I saw it and too. It actually uh, enlightened more of the story. About why things are the way they are, they can only do so much in two and a half minutes without giving away the whole movie. But it makes sense, and I think I'm 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 looking f- I'm I'm hopeful that this will not necessarily repair all the mistakes, but it will it, it will basically just you know progress the story further and to a better place. I don't know. He's burned me what three times now? Uh, four, four. There we go. Four. <laughs> and I don't know. I I don't have the faith after being tricked well, tricked the first time. The other three times I was just stupid. I don't know. Like I saw the trailer and I was like, yeah, it looks cool, but somehow you're going to mess it up. Well, I saw the trailer for Phantom Menace when it first came out. And I was like, that looks incredible. And I walked out going, what did I just watch? Right. And that's exactly what I think is going to happen well, with that Transformers I, movie. I was yeah. like, it looks good, but uh-uh, you're not going to trick me this time. I'm going to wait till other people go see it. <laughs> yeah, having having studied film at school, you know, in college, I can tell you I understand why the studio system is the way it is. Right. And how things are executed there and you know what they do and do not understand fans um, with this because <laughs> okay with tra- with transformers this is why i'm optimistic uh, trans the the p2 
people who are responsible for the Transformers movies. Right. Uh, they finally realized uh, from the backlash of the fans of, of Transformers fandom over four that, movies. Yeah, they they they're a little they're a little thick, but it also <laughs> took two GI Joe movies. Uh, well, but that's the final true too. nail in the coffin, as it were, was the Gem movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, because they're all from the shared you know Universe. line of Hasbro yeah. toys, right? Yep. From the eighties. What they have done is created what's called a Hasbroverse. Yeah. And that's all been initiated by the comic book company here in San Diego called IDW. Yep. And IDW <laughs> has, for, ha, has formed along with Hasbro and along with the, the, all the different production companies that have the different rights holders, create a Hasbroverse. Yep. So that the Transformers interact with G.I. Joe, you know. And, and Rom. And, and Mask. And, mask. And, <laughs> uh, and, you know, whatever ones they're going to add yep. to it later. They're going to be doing that ha- because of what happened with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. They they get it and they're going, okay, you know what? It can work. They can. We're going to put them together. So you know, the the idea of a GI Joe Transformers movie coming out isn't as far fetched as it once was. Right. You know, but I believe that because they're doing this this Hasbro verse line, not just with the comics, they've always done it with the toys, but not just with the comics, but now with the movies. I am optimistic because th- that I think that they see this now as a new stepping stone with, la- with, with last night to, to do that. See, you know? for, for me, I think they would have to reboot Transformers. You know Which, what I mean? Like disregard all the other movies and start fresh yeah. if we're going to tie it into G.I. Joe and make right. a Hasbro universe. Right. And I because think with last night, I think they, this is basically they're putting the, the cap on this version of the Transformers. You think that's what it is that we're... You know, so that they can... This is the Logan of Transformers? Very much so, I think. Got it. And, I mean, I'll put it to you this way. In the very first trailer that they they released for for last night, the one thing that struck me was there's a a brief 10-second scene between Mark Wahlberg and Josh Duhamel, who was in the first two Transformers films. He was the leader of the Nest team, which is basically a Transformers movie universe version of G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe, yep. Um, and they had a 10-second scene together. That had never happened before. Yeah. They completely disavowed Nest in the third and fourth movies. And for me to see that they're gone back to that original concept of having a param- uh, having a military group in the film, in, you know, in that last film, in this next film, and having the original actors, from the, the surviving actors, from that, yeah, those that films film. in there to make up the Nest team, to me shows that they're trying to make amends that they're trying not you know they're trying to yeah. fix things at least you know in a way that you know they may not it may not it may be irreparable with this version of transformers yeah but at least they want to go okay look we get it you know so that when Let's we do at the least next wrap up version a good story yeah, when they do the next version we're going to do it do it the right way you not know, have Michael Bay on it. Yeah, <laughs> and like, 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 for example, here's the other reason why I believe that this is going to be the last Transformers, uh, this iteration of Transformers. Right. I think that they dropped the ball with GI Joe. Yes. A oh, long yeah, yeah, time yeah. ago. Yeah. I think, and this is why I think, and think so. Channing Tatum was good. He was adequate as Duke. Right. Okay. Granted, they killed him off in the second film to make fans happy. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> you know, and they put the Rock in. Okay fine i personally believe that they missed the boat with that because a in the first gi joe movie they miscast duke every fan that i spoke with who's a hardcore hasbro fan were 
begging, begging that Mark Wahlberg should have been Duke. Yeah. Because of that movie he did called, um, is it Shooter? Where yeah. he was a military, he was he was an army, army sniper. Yep. yep. And in that in that movie, he was basically Duke without the fantastic elements. Yes. <laughs> he should have been Duke. I personally believe that with the, with you know if this is going to be the last Transformers movie of this version of Transformers, Wahlberg might might be hired to play Duke. Yeah. For the next version of GI Joe, because if you notice, there's not been a third GI Joe movie to make a GI Joe trilogy. They stopped with Retaliation. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing really cool about Retaliation, well, there was a, a handful of things that were cool with Retaliation to me, which is the introduction of Jinx, right? Who the actress is now playing Elektra in the Netflix, uh, Netflix, D- yeah. uh, Daredevil <laughs> series, uh, is Bruce Willis as Joe Col- General Joe Colton, the original GI Joe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything else was like you know, whatever. Yeah. But I think that um, you know, uh, mo- you know, The Rock. Dwayne Johnson was good, and they made him roadblock. Uh, they made him roadblock. No, uh, heavy duty. Yeah, I think it's heavy duty. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, they just had to find a person of color for the the Rock to play. Yeah, and they made it a big burly dude, so they had to make it him. <laughs> but I think that if they were to re, you know restart reboot the GI Joe series, they'll do it straight. They'll do it out of the Larry Hama version. Right. Yep. And they're going to find somebody who can be those core characters. Yeah. They're not going to look for somebody who's a hot name or who's uh, you know really cool to bring in the female audience. Yep. You know they're going to bring in somebody who embodies that character. Mark Wahlberg embodies Duke. Yeah. If they can't get Mark Wahlberg, they'll find the next person to do it. The other thing is, I also believe that they're going to get a director who actually cares about the franchise. Yeah. Like a Peter Berg. Yep. who's done several movies about the military. And I think that he, you know, if they were to bring him in, it gives that G.I. Joe the military edge that Larry Hamas, yeah. gave, you know, created it, it within it. You know, and then from there they can, you know, they'll they'll re- they'll boot up the, the Hasbro-verse with Transformers and G.I. Joe so that, you know, they'll be able to add, you know, other characters like Rom and Mask ah, and all this stuff. You know, I'm waiting for Rom. I want to like, see Rom on the big screen. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it, it, what would be awesome about it is it'll be like the Marvel movies, except with the toys that we played with played as kids. With, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. You know, like as cheesy as it sounds, I would love to see Starbird. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, yeah, basically yeah. it was the Hasbro version of of the Enterprise. Yep. You know, but it, what was cool was you know it separated into three separate ships. Yep. I would love to see them do that. Yeah. You know, and build a story around that. Not like how they did Battleship, but but you know, <laughs> something similar, you know? So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really cool things going on and right. I, I and I honestly believe that, you know, Robotech is definitely the fore- front runner in that mix. Yeah. And you know, everything's gonna sink or swim on that. Now granted, I don't believe that Robotech's gonna come out before Pacific Rim two. Because Pacific Rim Two is already in production. Yeah. Yep. So I don't believe that Robotech is going to come out before then, but I think that um, Pacific Rim is going to feed the appetite of the fans who want giant robots. Yes. In 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 their movie theaters, but then I think that Robotech is going to blow everybody's doors off. Yes. It's going to be the movie. I think it's going to it's to going bring to be it back movie. around. <laughs> no, it's going to be the movie that people are going to go, wow. This really is Top Gun with robots. Yeah, yeah, you know? it really is. You got that brash, hot shot, 
you know, young pilot like Maverick, you know, like, you know, who's in there, you know. You got the you got the um the mentor, yep. you know, to try to calm him down, you know. And then you got the eye candy, you know, who wants <laughs> to be a pop idol. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know, I mean that you know, that's oversimplifying Robotech, but that kinda gives you but a, it gives gi- you a, a the gist of it, yeah. you know, of what, what Robotech is. But you know, it's I think that from there you're gonna I wouldn't be surprised if seeing like uh, an American produ- produced version of Gundam, yeah, and that would take it to the next level, yeah, you know, because Gundam is basically Starship Troopers with with robots that are powered by psychic pilots. Yep, and that would be that would be amazing, yeah, to see Gundam done that way, yeah, you know. So yeah, it it opens up a lot, you know, it opens up a lot. The Japanese have have shown that they can do it over there with their and franchises, you know, yeah. like with Yamato to you know moderate success. Roni Kenshin, but they can't, you know, they're they're limited by their budgets. Yeah, you know, you and anime is already so insanely popular in U.S. culture anyway. Exactly. So making a good popular anime into a movie is a logical move, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like right now in Japan, they're waiting for the all Full Metal All Chemist live action movie. Yeah. You know, and everybody thinks that that's feeding off of the two Attack on Titan films. Yeah, uh, the two Attack on Titan films were moderately successful. Moderately, dude. If you go to a con, yeah, that's all I see is people dressed as yeah. either but Deadpool, the, Harley Quinn, or Attack on Titan. Yeah, but Attack on the live, but was. the anime is huge. Yeah, the live action not so much. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. And, I thought you were saying I think, like Attack yeah, on I Titan. I think that Full Metal Alchemist is going to be an interesting translation. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Um, I honestly believe. Excuse me. I honestly believe that um, it, if if full you know, all chemist does really well, don't be surprised if you see something like a Trigun or oh, yeah. Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, being done Ca- in Japan. Well, Cowboy Bebop is also pretty popular in the U.S. as well. Yeah, but in but in Japan. Yeah, you know, the United States had been for ten years trying to produce a live action uh, Cowboy Bebop with yeah. Keanu Reeves production company. Uh, having holding the rights, and Keanu was trying to target himself to be the lead character, Spike Spiegel, but but Keanu's aged out, right? You know, and so he he let the option lapse, and no one's picked it up yet. Got it. Okay, but that's cool, you know, because they could do it in Japan and see, you know, do it in Japan as a proof of concept. Yeah, much like how uh, the Yamato, the Space Battleship Yamato movie in Japan was done. They showed that they could do a live action version of it, and it be ver- it's successful. Maintain the core elements of the story, you know. With, they tweaked it a little bit, but that's you know that's fine. That's fine. But they showed that visually they could actually make a legitimate looking space battleship Yamato, yeah. like an actual starship, yeah, and look look plausible. So to see that come to the United States, possibly as Star Blazers, that'd we'll be see. cool, you know. But like I said, it hinges on right now how Robotech does, and yeah. I think, like I said, Robotech's, you know, Robotech has more than the potential of being the next big thing. And, yeah. I, and I honestly, on my heart, based on what I've heard and what I've been exposed to, uh, believe that that's it's what's going, coming. It's going to. Be, it's going. To, <laughs> if, if every if 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 it lives up to the hype. It's going to blow people's doors off. Cool, man. You know? That sounds awesome. Yeah. But, you know, until then, you know, we have the, co- the new comic patiently. book from Titan, <laughs> you know, with big name big name talent, you know, yep. like Brian Wood, uh, you know, getting behind it. And and the, and the that's going to be the flagship title. They're going to be se- – they're going to be other, like, um, uh, spinoffs and right. whatnot that – 
that are going to be done as well. Um, the initial Robotech storyline uh, for the comics, as I understand it, is going to be the Macross storyline, the first chapter. So they're going to do it in chronological order. Cool. They haven't specified how many chapters it's going to be, how many issues. Right. Uh, we do know that Robotech is ongoing, but we haven't uh, we haven't been made privy as to uh, anything Account. beyond that. Yeah. And then insofar as the 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 offshoots, the spinoffs, um, as I understand it. They're in development, and they're just waiting for those stories to be completely produced and ready to go so that they can stay on a regular publication schedule. Cool. That sounds very cool, man. So, yeah, there's a lot of Robotech coming out, man, you know, <laughs> in the next year or so, you know, and fans just, you know, hang in there. And then also um, one other thing I'd like to make sure. mention is um, this year will be the third year of the official Robotech uh, fan convention. Protoculture okay. Convent, co- Protoculture Con. Okay. This year, it's going to be held at the headquarters of Harmony Gold. Oh, that's really cool. And it's going to be, I believe, in October. And if you go to the Robotech X Facebook fan page, um, there will the be URL updates. By chance? Yeah, there will be updates with regards to all things Robotech, including Protoculture Con. So um, there is that, and of course, you know, there's the ongoing, uh, you know, uh, collectible toys coming out from Toynami. Right. And then also the new uh, brand brands from uh, uh, Kids Logic, and also the T-shirts from 80stea.com, and all kinds of other merchandise. So I you know, love that it's, site. <laughs> it, 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 it's 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 they're 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 doing it very they're doing it very carefully and purposefully, as opposed to just shock and approach and like get everybody get Everyone financially else. fatigued yeah. having to get everything all at once. Yeah. So, um, you know. All you Robotech fans out there, or fans of giant robot anime, or just you know, great great stories of you know whether involve war or you know romantic triangles or you know whatever, it be patient because it's <laughs> it's, it's coming. Been, it's it started as a trickle. Now the faucet's opening up more and more. Cool. Very cool. So, but uh, yeah, I appreciate you giving us giving me the opportunity to to gush about all these things and also especially about Robotech because I think a lot of a lot of the fans that are out there have been patiently awaiting for this, and they're tired of hearing the same thing about, uh... It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> uh, it's coming. Hey, because for, for, like, seven years, it yeah. languished at Warner Brothers, and that's all we, that's all we could say. Yeah. Because it wasn't anything having to do with Tobey Maguire, who was th- whose production company held the rights, but it was all the studio, Warner Brothers. Yeah. They, they, they did, for some reason... I am, I am of the belief that, for some reason, they wanted to kind of... Uh, Kind of keep that in the in the uh, on the back burner because they had Pacific Rim, right? And they didn't they didn't you know they they just didn't have they didn't want to expend the time or the resources and the energy on a different robot robot franchise that they didn't own outright. Yeah, you know the irony is that they lost uh, Pacific Rim also and it went to Universal. <laughs> but um, you know I think that uh, you know Robotech under Sony is going to be completely different. Cool. You know, any of the casting rumors that you've heard are just that rumors. Yeah, just they rumors. haven't. They don't have. They they haven't completely. They haven't completely locked down a screenplay that they can set a budget to. Right. So they they won't announce casting. Plus, until James Wan is done with Aquaman, they can't do any casting. Yeah. Because the director's involved in the casting process. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's working on Aquaman as we speak. Yeah. Um, the great thing about James Wan is we're not going to have to wait three years for him to jump onto Robotech because. He comes from the Hong Kong school 
of of film, you know, yeah. where he did movies in HK, and you know, like if you've seen his Conjuring movies, you know that he, you know, he's put one out almost one every year. Yep. You know, even after Furious, doing Furious Seven, he still did another Conjuring yeah. movie. Why? Because the way he shoots, he shoots for economy. He knows what he wants, he gets it, and he moves on. Yeah. And once he gets it, he's already in post production. He's having them edit the rough cut while he's produ- while he's shooting while he's still it still. shooting, yeah. So that's what makes James Wan great because with Aquaman he's doing the same thing. Yeah. You know? And I suspect that by the end of the year when he's done shooting uh, Aquaman, he's going to be moving on to Robotech. That's yeah. my suspicion. Um, I'm hoping that we'll have an announcement at San Diego Comic-Con for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. hoping. But at the very latest, at, at Protoculture Con in October. Cool. You know, and because Protoculture Con's going to be in, in Hollywood, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some Hollywood types there. Yeah, because it's going to be literally on Sunset Boulevard at the Harmony Gold headquarters. Yeah. You know, but but at but here in San Diego, you know, again, this is me speculating. This is not official. This is just speculation. My hope and and a, and a hope from a fan's heart. We might see some Hollywood people there, like. I don't know, maybe a screenwriter or a producer or somebody yeah. besides the regular um, Robotech production team there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to be at the Robotech, pa- the annual Robotech panel at Comic Con, and that's usually on the Thursday night. The f- it's ends. It's usually one of those panels that ends the show on the first night. Right. So, you know, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, and I'm hoping that you know the fans will continue to support and stick with us. You know, and st- and like I said, just stick to the Robotech social media, folks. It's going to, you're going to be rewarded because as news comes out, it's going to, it's not going to be a trickle. It's going to be, it's going to be full. It's going to be a flood all the way. <laughs> you know, cool, all the way. So yeah, again, I I appreciate your time. Hey man, always you know. glad to talk to you, man. Yeah, and <laughs> all right, thank you very much. Yeah, thank man. you, appreciate <laughs> it. All right, <laughs> hey. so we're back. So we're back at Southern California Comics for free comic book day. Um, it's almost over. It's 3 o'clock, but the rain's come down pretty hard, so people are kind of closing up early. Yes. A lot of tents are already gone. Uh, I don't know if it was so much the rain as the wind was tearing it, everything apart. Like, we've had a guy over here whose name I didn't catch, but his tent blew over literally twice, like flipped on its side. I know. I felt bad for him. Um, we just wanted to come back and wrap it up, right? Yes. We, um, or I spoke with Ryan, Dexter, and... Oh, um, Christina and Adrian. Yes. I actually randomly, when I was out getting food, I spoke to Maiko. Mr. Moreno. Mr. Moreno, who was a little intoxicated already because he had been on a flight and he was sitting in a lounge drinking. From San Diego to LA? Correct. And he asked me, so what did Tom think of Guardians? And I told him, and he goes, I knew it. I liked it, and I knew he would have issues with it. And then Nick came in with his little opinions. (laughs) That's funny. So that'll be pretty fun when you guys uh, wrap it up and talk about Guardians in a month. In a month, which we've already probably moved on past. I just told Michael when he called, I'm like, I took the podcast to a different level. We talked about Bravo shows. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you got for today? Wrapping it up? I um, just want to say that I got new comics today. One of the things I was going to talk about but didn't have time to is some of the new comics that have been coming out, like the X-Men Resurrection titles, which I've been enjoying. But I also picked up, because I deserve it, the Omega Red Bowen statue. Because I deserve it. <laughs> it's awesome. Like me. Like me. 
not like you, but like me. That wraps it up for today, right? Yes, we will be closing up. Almost everyone else, as I said earlier, is pretty much packed <laughs> up and gone. Um, didn't get to talk to Sean from the Sci-Fi Coalition, but I can see them across the bushes tearing down their tent. So maybe next time we'll speak with them. Yeah, it's kind of an odd weather chilly day. All right, well, I'm Michael Moreno. <laughs> You're um, astonishing Amy. What are your adjectives? I'm uncanny Thomas Logue. And he is mighty Michael Moreno. How come yours doesn't start with a T? Because I break all the rules. Alright, I'm astonishing. Amy Logue. I'm uncanny Thomas Logue. And that's it for Southern California Comics Free Comic Book Day. Can't wait till Michael gets back. <laughs> 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 Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. We'll hope you join us next time as we continue to discuss all things comic book related. And until then, make mine marvel. And see. And independent. Don't forget to check us out at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or go to our YouTube channel www.youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast podcast and finally there is our twitter page which is twitter.com forward slash comic relief podc i'd like to give a special shout out to travis richards who did the music for the comic relief podcast visit his website at www.travisarichards.com The Comic Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop culture surrounding... Why can't I read one line? The comic book... Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> that, I didn't say anything. You did. Not that time. The comic... Re- oh, wow. <laughs> the Comic Book Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop... It's not the Comic Book Relief Podcast. It's- oh my god. Just read the words. They're in English. The Comic Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop culture surrounding comic books with your host and astonishing Amy Logue. But how do you know this isn't really Maiko just transitioning? It could be. <laughs> Maiko does have a nice <laughs> like you do. Oh, why is Sylvester Stallone looking for Yondu's character, you know? But he's not looking for Yondu's character. But um, that's what I'm saying. I wish he was. Uh, to, to say, hey, you're not a part of the Ravage. That's well, maybe that already happened. If it's not in the movie, it didn't happen. Maybe there was a short that you missed or something. <laughs> if there's a Guardian short that I missed, that's impossible. <laughs> you just kind of wanted to go on a first date. You just didn't want to just go all in yeah, at one time. I don't, I don't want to shoot <laughs> That's my problem with the X-Men movies. They always do that with Jean Grey. Like, every X-Men movie, Jean Grey just has the, the Phoenix Force. And every X-Men movie, after they show you that she has the Phoenix Force, she goes dark. They did it in X-Men 2. They show her at the end. She has the Phoenix Force. X-Men 3, oh my god, it's Dark Phoenix. Now we've seen X-Men Apocalypse. We see the Phoenix Force at the end. Oh my god, the next X-Men movie, 
X-Men, Dark Phoenix. You know what's so funny about the X-Men movies when you're going through them is that when we watch them, I immediately forget them. <laughs> yeah, they're easy to forget because they're, they're not good. Versus the Guardians of the Galaxy movie where I'm passionate because actually they're really good. Okay. I don't know if I should keep talking over there and help. <laughs> I, can, I can tell that you're quickly moving over there. Cause you're <laughs> well, I helped them the first time it blew over. I'm the one who told them to put like the, the tent things in there. The tent thing idea did not work because there's a part of it sticking out. But literally almost every minute you would fall asleep. Like I'd wake you up and you're like, no, 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 no. Is it almost over? And I was like, there's 18 more minutes. Just go to bed. You're like, no, I'm going to stay awake. And I look over when there's 16 minutes and you're asleep. <laughs> I wake you up again. You're like, no, 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 no. I just want to make it to the end. It's like, okay, yeah, just it, go to bed. It, you can tell like, it captured my... At 15 <laughs> minutes left, you were asleep again. And this, folks, was at like 8.15 at <laughs> night. So it's not like it was 10.30 at night that we're watching this and she might be tired. <sighs> Maybe it didn't capture my imagination <laughs> very much. Clearly. I mean, I've enjoyed all the Star Wars movies. Oh, he has a He-Man thing. Oh. Um, it's like a squirrel went by or something. Ooh. <laughs> I just saw the Castle Grayskull thing. Um, oh, no, that's not Castle Grayskull. Okay, I'm okay. Um, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when we come back, we can break down the characters of Southern Charm. <laughs> you know them. <laughs> I only know the crazy redhead and the other girl that I said is cute. Landon. Yeah. I wonder if people are, like, fast-forwarding the podcast. <laughs> They're like, when do they stop talking about Bravo shows? <laughs> we are back here at, at San Diego Comic Fest at Southern California Comics. Comic Fest. Why did you say Why Comic Fest? Com- I noticed that you took a video of him, too. That was very nice of you. Did I? Yeah, there's, like, a five-minute or five-second video of him just staring. Oh, like, <laughs> like, like, oh. <laughs> He's like, why would Why you did he that? call you and not me? No, I called him. Oh, I see. To come to tell him that I took the podcast to the Bravo show level. <laughs> I'm astonishing. Finish it. Astonishing what? Amy. Logue. Logue. Say it all together as one word. Astonishing Amy Logue. Why do you look away when you say it? Astonishing. <laughs> we miss you, Michael. We miss you, Michael. We miss you, Michael. And that was Colleen, <laughs> if that wasn't obvious.